Hello, everyone, and welcome to Between the Pages, a podcast on books and sexuality hosted by yours truly, Caitlin Vacora. Hello, beautiful people. It is just me today with a solo episode around the state of sex education right now. This is something that some folks have been asking for, just kind of giving the lay of the land in terms of sex education and then also sort of careers in sex ed, sex educators to follow, that kind of thing. So this is going to be sort of a very general overview. Um, There's, of course, so much to get into that I couldn't possibly cover in just one podcast episode. So I'm going to do my best. And then, of course, as always, feel free to reach out if there's anything specific that you'd like me to cover later. So when I started this podcast, I started, I wanted to kind of do like a little bit of like a temp check, like how are we doing, really highlighting the little joys. And of course, um, I'm a procrastinator and wait to the last minute for episodes. So um, that didn't happen for like most of my episodes, which is fine. That is life. But I'll take advantage of the solo time and just kind of check in with y'all. How are you doing? It's rough out there, you know? I'll start with my little joys because uh, that's been something that I think has been even more important to highlight nowadays. Um, And I'm certainly not the only person saying that. That's like kind of seems like the general like consensus on at least Instagram, you know, focus on the positive, focus on on the things that ground you, on the things that are going to make this situation bearable, to be honest. And so for me, that's been what I've started to call beer and puzzle time, which is uh, exactly what it sounds like. It is like my happy hour of sorts, where I just crack a craft beer, usually like a local beer, and uh, work on a puzzle. And it's, I like was never a puzzler before this. I think quarantine has made puzzlers of us all. And yeah, it's been like a really just lovely kind of like me time to kind of separate the time between work and like hangout time, especially because like we're not sort of separating that physically. So it's kind of a nice little like closing activity. I also wanted to just like shout out my bookstagram, hashtag bookstagram community, because I have found a lot of solace in in that community as well lately. And I think it's really special because there's sort of like the duality of we can kind of like squeal about books that we're really excited about and then also like really learn from and challenge each other, which is like my favorite thing in the world um, for those who know me. So there's so many freaking smart people on Bookstagram and they're reading so many amazing things. And I always come away with a giant list of things to add to my TBR pile. And I'm just really grateful to be in community with those folks. And you'll definitely be seeing some of them in the future on this podcast. I also wanted to touch on some sexuality news which, to be honest, is is really depressing. I'm not going to get into sort of the details about the new potential Supreme Court Justice Amy Coney Barrett. There's a lot out there you can read, but I, I did want to name that her nomination to the Supreme Court is is a threat to abortion access and rights. It's a threat to LGBTQ rights. It, it would be really devastating to to progress, to the progressive movement um, to have her on the court, especially given that she's replacing Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg, who has been such a forerunner in gender equality for the court. And so, again, 
lots out there that you can read, but just wanted to name that it is really challenging right now. It is scary for a lot of people. A lot of people are worried about protecting healthcare access, keeping abortion legal, rights to vote, human rights. There's, there's so much on the line right now. And I, I and others are really worried. And so we're going to, we're going to keep fighting. We're going to keep doing the work. And yeah, that's kind of all we can do, right? So sex ed in the most awkward of transitions actually kind of fits really well because sex ed has seen progress, but not enough. There is a lot of shame and stigma around sex in general, in especially in the U.S., but also around this idea of sex education. And there is like really a fear, I think, especially when we're thinking about young people. And I think that there is kind of this this underlying or even overt fear that mentioning sex or like talking about sex and bodies and relationships is, is going to kind of immediately um, like lead people to sex. And um, th there's never been evidence to show that talking about sex in the context of comprehensive sex education has led to any additional sexual behavior. In fact, there's evidence to show that young people are more likely to engage in safer sex. So using a condom, using other types of contraception with the um, addition of comprehensive sex education. So it's not really, and I think this shame and fear is not like, it's it's not data driven, right? And so that's why it's really hard to address with data because it is just kind of inherent in sort of this like Puritan based society that we live in, right? And so I put, a question box out on Instagram earlier this week, kind of asking what questions people have around sex education. And a couple of people responded with sort of their experiences of sex education. So so those who did receive sex education, it was very much um, sort of like, these are the body parts. Um, and there was not that kind of mention, definitely not of pleasure, um, but also like consent really wasn't a conversation. And we talked about sort of like the quote-unquote purpose of sex from a reproductive standpoint, but not anything else related to sex or, like, any other reason why anyone else would have sex. Um, so clearly that was kind of, like, missing in a lot of our education. And, you know, the reality is, you know, young people have a right to this information. So they have a right for this information to be accurate, to be comprehensive, to be inclusive of gender identity and sexual orientation and and it is a normal part of human development and i think part of the challenge with sex ed is that it is super localized so state and local school districts pretty much kind of run the show when it comes to what is offered at their schools in terms of sex ed so as of now, according to the Guttmacher Institute, which I will um, link in show notes so that folks can look at the data, but as of now, only 22 states in D.C. mandate both sex ed and HIV education. And so, you know, we have like a little under half of our states who are don't have that mandate. And that doesn't mean that they're not teaching sex ed, but that just means that they don't have to. So we we don't know sort of what what education is being provided there um, because there's not that mandate. And there's also, even with the mandate to teach sex education and HIV education, we also don't know how comprehensive that information is. And so, again, according to Guttmacher in 2016, the median share of schools in each state that provided 
instruction on all 19 topics that the Center for Disease Control considers essential to sex ed was 38% of high schools and 14% of middle schools. So those are the schools that are teaching across all 19 essential topics. Um, So you see, you, you can see the gap in the numbers, right? Like we, there are large swaths of students who are just not receiving the information that they need. They're, they're not receiving sex ed at all, or like a very limited amount. And Definitely not all the topics that, again, the Center for Disease Control considers essential. Guttmacher also noted that the share of schools providing sexual health education declined between 2000 and 2014 across many topics. And so I think this is a really interesting trend. You know, it's not it's not getting better. In fact, it's getting like worse in a lot of ways. That's really interesting because I think that there, because we saw um, a decline in teen pregnancy across the last, um, you know, 10, 15 years or so, um, I think that is cited as like, well, sex education is not as important or like it's, I think that data is really manipulated to, to kind of advocate against sex education. And I think we're trending towards a more kind of like, quote unquote, conservative approach to sex ed. And I think that that our young people will suffer if that's the case, if we continue to kind of cut back on sex ed. So yeah, so that's sort of, again, again, like a lot of the studies from 2017 from Guttmacher, because that's kind of like the latest that we have, but I think it's pretty consistent from what we're seeing now. I also wanted to touch uh, touch on like sex ed and COVID and because I think there's, there's a couple of things. So right now, like young people are potentially not seeing as many people. Um, and so that's been kind of interesting to navigate where like, you know, I, from like anecdotally from like the physicians that I've talked to, like a lot have said that like their young people are sort of requesting to either go off birth control or go off contraception and like, because like they're, they're, they're not like partnered with anyone right now. And so I think there's like kind of that natural decrease because people are being, uh, more aware of like who they're interacting with and that kind of thing. But also, I think with with sex ed in schools in particular, like there is a real fear around teaching sex ed and like there's a desire to teach it, but also like there's a lot of priorities to balance and, you know, it's hard. It's hard to teach this, especially if you're in virtual learning in your school. Like it's really, that's hard. Um, And so at the core of this, you know, young people still deserve that medically accurate, inclusive sex ed that includes the knowledge the knowledge and the skills that they need to make healthy decisions now and in the future and covid doesn't change that premise and so it's still it's still really important to keep providing sex ed and and also students are online way more now because you know they're they're not able to see people in person they're still seeking that community um and sex ed also includes online safety and so with the time online, with more unsupervised time, without structure of like school and activities because things have been limited because of COVID, there's more opportunity to encounter potentially risky situations and they need to know what to do in those situations. COVID makes things hard as usual. And I think it's important to underscore that sex ed is still still needs to be a part of young people's lives. Okay, so another question I got was how to start a career in sex ed. And so there's a couple of different ways and some are more expensive than others, to be frank. So I think I can start with sort of the path that I went 
on, which is getting a traditional master's degree. Um, I chose this path because I knew I wanted to work in public health in general and then also like sexual health. So I chose this because I had been working in public health for a couple of years and I sort of knew the lay of the land when it comes to program implementation and program evaluation. Like I knew I wanted to work on family planning sexual health programs. And I also knew I wanted to like specifically work with schools and adolescents and not saying you need a master's by any means to work with with schools, but it kind of opens the door for you a little bit more because you get that you get that like research experience. And so like when I was at Johns Hopkins, I was able to like work with the Center for Adolescent Health there and work with Baltimore City Public Schools on like their health education curriculum and stuff. And like it was really concrete experience um, that I was able to then kind of like parlay into my job right now. That being said, master's degrees are expensive. Um, I feel like I'm saying like very obvious things right now, but hopefully this is helpful for people. Like, you know, I think you can't even conceptualize how expensive it is until you like are paying your student loans like I am now. And I'm like, oh my God. But like, it was worth it because I came into my master's program knowing exactly what I wanted to do and like knowing how to make that happen and knowing that I needed to make connections with certain people and like blah, blah, blah. Like I had done a lot of that like work beforehand. I would not, I would not suggest anyone like across, I think this is probably like across um, fields. Like I don't think it's specific to public health or sex ed. Don't get a master's unless you know you need one. Cause that was sort of like my situation where like, you know, I've been working, um, without you know with just like an undergrad degree and like I got to the point where I was like oh to be able to do the more technical work that I was interested in I need I need a master's degree it just it 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 kind of um was very clear that that was my next step to take so unless it's like super clear like that for you I would not suggest launching right into a master's program so the other ways that you can kind of get into the sex ed field um is that you can be an independent sex educator. If you're an independent sex educator, I would definitely, if you're interested in this this path, I would definitely recommend Cameron Glover. She is a business coach for sex educators. So like literally it's her job to like work with sex educators on building their own kind of independent businesses. She has like a sex ed business academy. Um, again, I'll link in show notes, but she's fantastic and she is like a wealth of knowledge. And so like that is a way to kind of get some of that information that you might need to want to kind of build your sex education business yourself. I also remember when I was poking around, like trying to figure out sort of my path, um, I, Don Sarah had um, a, a good sort of like FAQ about um, being uh, an independent sex educator. And I think she, I don't know if she still does, but she used to take like coaching clients and stuff around, around sex ed. Yeah. People have like done this before and so I would just like poke around and see sort of what what knowledge you can get just like free on the internet and then also like if you want to take that next step of getting some training but not like a full on like master's degree I would then say like you know look at Cameron Glover's academy and that kind of thing other free things you can do like read watch listen to like everything around sex ed there's so much content out there we're gonna go into sort of the sex educators to follow in a minute um and i like that's not even a comprehensive list there's so so many more but the you know there's podcasts there's so many amazing books like some of which we're covering on the podcast later it is the field is rich and the only way that you figure out what you want to do is 
exposing yourself to a bunch of different stuff. So like, you know, for example, for me, I was like, I think I started listening to Unscrewed, Jacqueline Freeman's podcast. And that was like the first, I I can't even remember how I got connected to that podcast. I think I was like, it was like 2015 and I was like learning about podcasts or, or, you know, 2014 and I was learning about podcasts and somehow like stumbled across her, her podcast. And so I started listening to all her episodes. um, And then you know, a bunch of sex educators, she had a bunch of sex educators as guests on her podcast. And so I was like, oh, these people are interesting. And, you know, and I I just, I, a lot of them did kind of their their own independent sex ed work um, and like were adult sex educators. Then, you know, a couple were like more focused on adolescents. And so I figured out like, oh, you know, I'm really interested in this, like in young people, right. And, And kind of making sure that the information that they are getting in sex ed classes is going to like serve them well in the future and so like it was only by exposing myself to all those different things that I figured out okay I want to work with young people I want to work with schools you know that and again that's free right like so you so just go through the material see what you like see what you don't and that can really narrow down your path and then I also think like as you're learning one thing that was kind of helpful for me um in just being able to like learn how to disseminate information in like bite-sized pieces that people found useful was like sharing different like posts I I think when I was doing this this is a couple years ago when like you know things like Canva like were not quite as popular and so um you know I would like share other people's posts with like credit and stuff like like little like drawings or like whatever like around different topics of sexual health and then like I would like write out a caption and like I got a lot of response from that and people were like this is so like great thank you so much for talking about this like I think for a lot of people, that was the only thing that was on their their feed. And so, like, it was a useful way to, again, like, package that information. And now with, with things like Canva or other types of – not designed for dummies, but, like, kind of – you know, like, it's just super easy to design, like, whatever. And you can really kind of package the information in a way that's going to be, like, pretty and then also useful. So, like, you know, as you're learning things, just, like – play around and just like post something and it's fine like I don't know I think I think there's like an assumption if you have like a personal Instagram page or whatever it's like oh I only have to like post pictures of like my dog and uh, my partner or something and it's like you know like use that as an opportunity to like talk about things um you can also see like if that's something that you like to do do you like to share information like that and if not maybe like maybe being a sex educator isn't at least being a sex educator in that way is not the is not the path for you i think also using your instagram platform in that way gives you almost like a mini portfolio of sorts to like share with brands or folks you want to work with and say hey like i do this i do this work too right i do this kind of health I mean, that's health communication work. So finally, I think so local sex shops also have um, sex educators that work there and that like help customers find like what they're interested in in terms of like toys or like lingerie or like whatever they're looking for. Um, and so I think that's a really good place to like have a conversation with a sex educator and, and see what that looks like in that space and if that's something that you're interested in, in the future. So those are like a couple of different rabbit holes to go down um again there's a million ways to do this and I will also say like you know um it can be like it's a very small field and so it can be hard to find positions um or make a name for yourself in terms of like being an independent sex educator but it's definitely like possible and 
also like it doesn't need to be your like end all be all day job immediately like that's how it worked for me in that I should say like it didn't work for me like for the first like because I've been in the field of public health for five years but I was not working explicitly as a sex educator I was just kind of doing the same thing like reading writing watching and educating myself and then it's only within the last year and a half or so that I've been able to like that I that I've been in a full-time position specifically in sex ed so all those things I just mentioned you can do for free and I would suggest like doing that and like and you might have to be like creating content for free for a little bit and like that's part of kind of like the learning process and then you can kind of work your way up to kind of getting getting paid for your work. So that's a little bit about how to kind of start a career in sex ed. Sex educators to follow. Um, there's, like I said, so, so many. I'm going to just like list a few that I, I just literally opened up my like following, like tab, not tab. I'm so old. Um, like following like section of Instagram, like the people I'm following basically. Um, and I, you know, just found the first couple that I saw, but again, lots and lots. And then also I would, I would reference back to my first solo episode. It was the second podcast episode ever, but my solo episode around black sex educators to follow because there's so many, uh, like, you know, amazing, amazing folks in there too. Eva at What's My Body Doing is so wonderful. I have known her online um, for a couple of years now and she is adorable first of all and she has a youtube channel called what's my body doing and she talks a lot about compassionate casual sex which i really love um she also talks a lot about toys and she is a sex researcher and so she has like a master's and has like focused on sex research so she is super wonderful really appreciate her content um cassandra corrado at feminist sex ed is, is an independent sex educator and she's actually a really great example of someone who like had a day job like until maybe like i think like two years ago i can't really remember maybe a year ago you know she did a lot of this like sex ed work on the side she was like a, she's a consultant and she has done a lot of a lot of great things around like consent weeks at college campuses that's kind of how she got her start and then she offers lots of workshops around um using sex toys and partner communication and all that good stuff cameron glover i've already mentioned but i would follow her at the cameron glover um she has a lot of great content and again like has that focus on building the brands of independent sex educators making them money Sex Positive Families um, was also mentioned, I think, in my other solo episode, but Melissa is great, and they really focus on that the family aspect of sex ed, so it's really kind of emphasizing parent-child communication with children with a range of ages, and so I really appreciate Sex Positive Families' sort of angle on sex ed because I think a lot of the time we like shy away from those conversations between parent and you know, or caregiver and child. And um, that's a really, that's sex ed starts at home, right? Like before we even get to, before we even get to like school age, those conversations can be happening. And also what happens in the school is that people kind of give, give you the information and then it's up to your parents to kind of continue to like 
continue the conversation and like imbue any values that the family has around sex that that really kind of happens in in the household or it should and so um sex positive families provides resources and workshops around having those conversations with your children and sex positive sex ed is an independent sex educator and um, prevention specialist and has a public health background and has a her page is so cute it's just like a lot of she shares a lot of like really great graphics and it talks about everything from sex work to sex toys to condoms really really great content sassy latte um sassy is awesome she's very focused on body politics racial justice so she has like all these like amazing like photos of herself and then she'll also just like she'll just like drop so much knowledge in the comments it's incredible i learn i learn so much from her and so a it's important to make sure that you are following sex educators of color specifically black sex educators and then also like follow people who are going to expand your thinking and so sassy is like one of those people for me where i'm like oh wow i am I'm complicit in so much racism and it's stuff I don't even think about and it's stuff that I should be thinking about. And so follow people that challenge you on that is my suggestion. Um, the Minority Sex Report, I have been following them for a couple of years. Um, Gabrielle and Shamika um, really kind of focus on providing, their tagline is like providing representation in sexuality education. And so they are educators, they're consultants, they're, they're bloggers. They do a lot of like, pleasure tips they um you know highlight different um like awareness days awareness months and um really kind of focusing on centering people of color in the sex ed world um also would suggest following different organizations if you're interested so like urge is a good example unite for reproductive and gender equity um it's a reproductive justice um poc-led organization um really kind of focusing on young people and centering people of color lgbtq folks they have you know a national office here in dc but they also have so they do so much organizing in like the south and the midwest areas and uh, CECUS, Sex Ed for Social Change, they do a lot of policy work, so working on specifically like advancing sex ed. Um, you can follow amaze.org. Amaze.org is a, a website that provides, you know, age-appropriate information for young people ages 10 to 14 around different topics of sexual health and um it's a they're like really cute like cartoon videos basically like the whole the, their tagline is more info less weird and so it's trying to kind of normalize talking about different topics around sexuality and in a fun and interesting way so um so those are a couple again like there's a couple organizations there's there's lots lots more that i didn't mention but that might be a good place to get started okay so i think that's it again i think there's a lot to be said on this topic, and I just wanted to kind of give us a super, super quick overview of of both kind of like the state of sex education and then also kind of ways to ways to be a part of it, ways to have a career in it, people to follow. Yeah, let me know if this was helpful to you all. 
if you want to have like more content on this I'm also happy to do like more like question boxes on Instagram and so we can kind of talk about like all the nitty-gritty of it um because it's my favorite thing to talk about so thank you all so much for listening um please 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 rate review subscribe it helps so much for my little my little podcast baby but again like really appreciate really appreciate you listening and I hope you have a beautiful day bye